Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Raleigh, North Carolina today with my new friend Steve Mangano of CuriedApp.com. Steve moved to Raleigh for business school at UNC Chapel Hill, then stuck around to watch the culinary scene flourish. In this episode, we visit a park with a century-old carousel, rock out at the Bluegrass Festival, and explore the variety of foodie options that will have your mouth watering. You'll hear about these three great stories and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Raleigh. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Although I love to travel, sometimes it is just good to be home. When I moved to Nashville, I decided to splurge and get a Nectar Sleep mattress that provided all the comfort of a luxury hotel without the price tag of one. I love that Nectar Sleep includes a forever warranty and that you get a 365 night trial to make sure that your mattress is everything you've dreamed of. For a limited time, my listeners will get $125 off and two free pillows with your order when you use the link wetravelthere.com forward slash Nectar. Hey, Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about Raleigh today. I've been flying into Raleigh for years and years visiting family, but I've actually never really explored the town of Raleigh. So excited to hear about your connection to it and all the great things that you know about the city. Thanks, Lee. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely changed a lot over the years and continues to change. So what brought you to Raleigh? Ultimately, I came down and I did my MBA at uh, University of North Carolina, moved to Raleigh, and we loved it so much we stayed. So kind of a simple story. I had a chance to tour some of the, the colleges out there, and the buildings are just phenomenal. Obviously, you know, Chapel Hill has great buildings, great stories, and great basketball. And then there's obviously the rivalry between Duke and Chapel Hill. Yeah, I mean, basketball is blood. I mean, you, you, you have to pick a team pretty immediately, whether you're a basketball fan or not. You <laughs> pick your allegiance and, and you stick with it. So it's interesting being a Chapel Hill fan and a Tar Hill fan living in, in Raleigh, but there's enough of us here. We can hold our own to the Wolf Pack. So. <laughs> so when you think about Raleigh, if you can describe the people or the town in like one or two words, how would you do that? I mean, really innovative. I mean, that's really, uh, you know, the people here, they're here because you know, there's a great entrepreneurial community. There's a great tech community. There's a great food community. Uh, and everybody's really supportive of each other. And, you know, we have a, a really strong nonprofit culture and just giving back and making a difference, a great public school system. So, you know, it's really community innovation and support, I'd say, are the three words that come to mind. I know that uh, Raleigh is kind of, even though it's in the South, it's kind of like a melting pot city just because of all the biotech and bringing in people from all over the world to come there and work in those industries. Yeah, and I, I think when we talk about Raleigh for years, it's been the Triangle region. And so you got Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, and, and each now are, have really grown so much that they are in and of themselves, their own personalities and identities. And and Raleigh, because it's the state capital, you know, there's a lot of government surrounding it, but you just, yeah, you have an incredible amount of diversity and, and definitely people from all over the U.S. and the world. Nice. Okay. So when people are thinking of coming to Raleigh, are there certain times of the year that are better to visit than others? What's the weather like? I would more say like, you know, avoid August kind of thing. You know, it's the South and, <laughs> and we're inland and we're not on the water. If you're coming to North Carolina in the summer, go to the beach. <laughs> there's a reason. Sure. Uh, you know, maybe stop through Raleigh on your way and, and grab some great food. But any other time of year outside of that is, I mean, the fall is phenomenal right now. Our weather's almost perfect. 
And, you know, there's no real super cold winter months, you know, a January, February, you could have, you know, a 50 or 60 degree day and, and be out bike riding. So, you know, outside of those core uh, hot summer, July and August were pretty favorable. I've been in North Carolina so many times, even during the winter time around Christmas and stuff like that. Even though it may get a little chilly, I mean, snow's pretty a rare thing. Yeah, maybe it's one day. And if it's a threat of snow, the kids are home from school kind of thing. But, uh, <laughs> but that's about it. One time I was visiting my family just outside of Raleigh and there was a threat of snow. I went to the grocery store to grab some some stuff for dinner and the entire bread aisle was empty. Oh yeah, that's exactly right. People just run out and there's ice. I mean, everybody just stays home and, you know, <laughs> four days. I lived in Miami for a while, so I, I treat those as, it's almost like a hurricane party. You know, the neighbors come over, everybody's home and you open a few beverages and, and enjoy yourself. <laughs> there you go. Right on. So, okay. So when people are thinking of coming to Raleigh, there's RDU airport, which has been going through some major transformation over the last several years, right? Uh, I think it's one of the best airports in the country, both on the quality of it, the size, the ease of use, you know, getting in and out. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Every time I've gone through there, it's super simple to get out of there. And it's kind of like that mix of modern touches, but also it's like that small town airport feel where it's easy to get in and out of. Yeah. And we have a lot of direct flights. Half of this is yeah, it's a great place to visit, but it's also increasingly a great place to live because you can get direct flights to most places. You know, Delta, it's almost like a hub right now, and Southwest has a lot of flights, so it's really a great airport. I haven't flown in there recently, but one thing I really like when I'm traveling is going to airport lounges. Have they added any airport lounges recently? There's nothing. I mean, Delta's expanded a little bit, and there's a few. I think American has a small one. That, I would say, is nothing spectacular, but... The actual terminal is great, and there's increasing food options and starting to get some local food options, so it, it works. So Okay, so we've flown into Raleigh. If we want to get into the city and explore Raleigh, do we need to rent a car? Or is there public transportation options? How should we get around? Yeah, I would say. So we have a great airport taxi. They're kind of black car service, but they're just a general airport taxi. And that's the really the quickest and easiest way. I don't even deal with Uber or anything like that. I don't think you need to rent a car. I mean, the only reason to rent a car, I'd say, is if you were... You had business or reasons to be in Research Triangle Park, or you want to visit Durham and Chapel Hill, which are you know about 30 minutes away as part of your trip. But if you, okay. you're just spending time in and around Raleigh, you know, getting there and, and staying there and then Ubering it anywhere else is fun. Okay. That makes sense. If we rent a car and we're in the downtown area, maybe we're going to have some other things we need a car for. What's the parking situation like in, in downtown? Uh, there's plenty of decks. I mean, really not, not an issue to park at all. I mean, it, it's... <laughs> It's a great place to visit. It's also a great place to live. And it's just for those reasons. You know, we don't have a lot of traffic, plenty of places to park. We don't have those big city problems. Okay. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed that I haven't really explored much in Raleigh, even though I fly in and out of there probably two or three times a year. I, you know, I've been to the, the Hurricanes game, but other than that, I really haven't explored anything else going on. So what are some of the other things to do in, in Raleigh? I mean, the, the number one visit to Raleigh is for food. I mean, we really are becoming an increasingly great food destination with a variety of restaurants. Number two, I'd say, is music. There's always a pretty significant music scene, several great venues, both large and small, and outdoor amphitheaters, both in downtown and, and close to it. So, like, you know, seeing who's in town, what acts, and, and a lot of small bands. So that's great. And then we have a great contemporary art museum downtown. And then the North Carolina Art Museum, which is a small, you know, kind of Uber ride away, has a world-class art exhibit with changing rotation. So really, those are the 
kind of the three big ones. So let's take a step back. When you talk about the music, what are some of your favorite venues to listen to a concert or see local bands? Kings is great. So that Kings is actually uh, above a restaurant called Garland and the owners of Garland uh, play in a band and own Kings. uh, So it's kind of cool. Garland is a Indian kind of Pan Asian focused restaurant. That's great. And King sits above it and, and always has a kind of a rotating list of local regional bands. Slim's is another one that's fantastic. Emerge is with an eye is really starting to come on the scene with some good acts. And then the poor house is again, all of these I just mentioned are within four or five blocks of each other. So you can really get from one to the other and, and just see different acts throughout the night. And, you know, the cover charges are reasonable. Okay. So would you recommend somebody staying in that downtown area or should they stay kind of nearby or, or what? I would say to stay close to downtown. Okay. Our one thing we're lacking are great hotels. So there's kind of a boutique guest house with, uh, I think it's six rooms close to right in that area called the guest house. So that would be one venue. They're soon going to be open the Longleaf Pine Hotel. They're just starting to take reservations and that's kind of a converted Best Western kind of small boutique hotel. Outside of that, then you're in the, you know, kind of the world of change. So there's a Hampton Inn close by, a Marriott and a Loft, but nothing, you know, that's really unique outside of that. So I travel a lot of times with my family. Uh, you know, I have two young kids. So are there some family friendly things to do in, in Raleigh? Yeah, there's actually a great family park. So it's one of the oldest public parks, I think, in probably in the state and one of the oldest in the country. It has a carousel that's probably about 100 years old and uh, just a bunch of like kids rides and activities and things like that. So that's that's really the number one. That's called Poland Park. That's the number one destination. I think the art museum has a trail next to it. So, you know, assuming the weather's great, there's actually a, a huge sculpture garden. And, you know, my kids, uh, I have kids who are a little bit older now, but have always loved it and enjoy it. And it's kind of an any age type thing. Those are really the two big ones. And then downtown, there's a really great science and history museum, which are across the street from each other that are both great. And the science museum is world-class. And then there's a Marbles Kids Museum. So for the younger kids, probably I'd say, you know, maybe second grade and lower. It's a kind of an interactive, you know, kids type museum. Oh, cool. It's really a ton to do. It's a great family city. Like I said, I love I love visiting there, and I just I haven't had a chance to explore it. So I, now that I'm in Nashville, it's only a you know eight hour drive away. So I definitely I got to come over and explore all this. No doubt. Now you mentioned a lot of the music earlier. There's a couple of festivals that are really people should kind of put on their on their calendar to come out to Raleigh and visit those, right? Oh yeah, I mean I think Hopscotch is truly my one of my favorite festivals, and what's great about it is there's a couple outdoor venues that some stages they set up and they use the amphitheater. You'll see some great larger scale acts there. And then after that's over at night, there's about eight different live venues that have different bands. And and typically each of those venues are themed. So on that particular night, it might be one venue is showing punk rock. Another one might be country. Another one might be alternative or local or what have you. And so you can literally hop around. And so you can kind of sample different things, see both local artists and, and smaller national up-and-coming artists. There's always a great hip-hop lineup. So it's really, I couldn't talk about it enough. It's a phenomenal festival and a great way to sample music. And then there's a bunch of day parties that happen. So you will get your full of music in a non, like, you know, where you're sitting, sweating in a huge festival field. This is really, <laughs> it's 
treatment and you're in a proper bar and you know you could have a good time. So I guess the name Hopscotch really appropriate based on that. Exactly. Yeah, it activates the downtown in, in a unique way and, a, and in a fun way. And it's pretty affordable. And then there's a bluegrass festival, so they call it Wide Open Bluegrass. So the blue, bluegrass, it used to be in Nashville, and, and you may remember that, but that festival moved to Raleigh mostly because it was, you know, kind of a small potatoes in Nashville, but for Raleigh, it's big potatoes, you know. So we have a lot, the city really gets behind it. There's a ton of free concerts around it. It's kind of the bluegrass award ceremony that happened during it. So it's, you, you have the top musicians in the country and the world who kind of descend on the area and there's a lot of impromptu music and then things that you can buy tickets for. So those are really the, the two main music festivals, but there's a whole bunch of other sort of art and, and smaller music festivals that, that happen throughout the year. Right on. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm going to have to check those out and put them on my calendar and, and come out and visit you. Definitely. For sure. So one of the things that we don't want to miss out, and this I think this is probably your specialty, talking about all the food that's going on in Raleigh and in North Carolina in general. Yeah, I don't think we have enough time on the podcast to cover it all. <laughs> Luckily, there's an app for that. But it sort of begins with Pools Diner, which so we have the current James Beard award-winning national chef with Ashley Christensen. Her first restaurant is Pools Diner, so it's become an institution. It's a little over a decade old, uh, and that's kind of what I would say is elevated, you know, Southern fare, but in a really uh, in a historic diner in a casual setting. Great cocktails, great wine. It's become a must stop. And then uh, Scott Crawford, another James Beard finalist, has two restaurants. One is Jolie, named after his daughter, and the other is Crawford and Son, are next door to each other, just outside of the downtown proper. And both are, you know, world class. One's French, and, and one's kind of a, a local bistro type place that is absolutely, to me, one of the best restaurants in the Southeast. Okay. Uh, do you have like favorite meals at these places? God, I mean, Pools Diner, you have to have the mac and cheese. It's a requirement. It's what it's famous for. It's pretty phenomenal. And I know it's, you know, mac and cheese, but it's it's really elevated. At Crawford & Son, it's a rotating menu, so it's hard to say one thing, but any vegetable that he does, my wife, who, you know, will not eat certain vegetables, if he's cooking them or the restaurant's serving them, she'll eat it there and, you know, loves it. And then Jolie, I'd say there's a trout amandine that's Pretty phenomenal, uh, some pâtés, vichyssoise, um, you know, you're not going to go wrong. Okay, so being here in Nashville, coming to the South, I hear everybody has their, their whole barbecue menus and things like that, right? And so there's there's KC barbecue and there's like Texas barbecue and then North Carolina, they have their own type of barbecue as well. Where would you recommend to, to go for uh, barbecue in Raleigh? Yeah, that that's the problem. So you, you're going to have to ask me a year from now. I just don't think we're there yet. Uh, and it, it's really odd, right? We're the capital city. What I would say is there's a Sam Jones barbecue, which is over an hour drive away down in Greensville, but he's opening an outlet in Raleigh. So, you know, if your listeners are patient and time their visit for when that opens, I would definitely say Sam Jones. And then in Durham, there's a, a restaurant called Picnic, and uh, that pitmaster is looking to open a place in Raleigh in the next year as well. So this soon is going to change. But right now, the barbecue places we do have, I would say there, there are better choices before you go there. And there's also a place that, that will open called Longleaf Swan. So the three of those are great, but they're just not open yet. Okay. All right. That sounds good. What are some of the other favorites? I, obviously, like we talked about before, that Raleigh's kind of turning into a melting pot. It's not just Southern food. What are some of the other uh, places that you would recommend? Yeah. So Garland, which I already mentioned, and then Brewery Bavana. So that's really gotten wide acclaim. Both Bon Appetit and Savoir have covered it. 
And it's kind of a dim sum meets brewery in a really beautiful space that they've completely renovated. So uh, the beer there is world-class. There's a wide variety. There's a rotating taps of a really seasonal, interesting beer. So your beer drinkers uh, will absolutely love it. And then uh, all the food, you know, kind of traditional kind of dim sum and and some elevated items are are fantastic, not to be missed. Uh, Garland, as I mentioned, and then there's uh, a couple other breweries, Trophy, that then they also have food there and state of beer. So we really have this burgeoning beer scene. So I would kind of look for those places combined with, you know, the the restaurants I mentioned. And actually one more I'll add is Transfer Food Hall, which is a food hall just outside of downtown and has a variety of local seafood and burgers and pretty much some of the best bagels. And I'm a New Yorker saying this, that in the country, it's really a, a phenomenal spot. It's called Bench Warmers Bagels. All right. What about breakfast? We talked a lot about dinner type of items. Where would you go for breakfast? If you really want kind of old school, traditional, there's a place called Big Ed's, which is right downtown. Uh, as I mentioned, Transfer Food Hall and, and Bench Warmers Bagels. And then Union Special Bread. So it's a little bit outside of downtown, uh, but not far, really short Uber ride. So they do croissants on through to, you know, kind of full menu breakfast items. It's hard to describe. It's it's just that great. You know, it, it, there's... And what was the name of that one again? It, that's called Union Special. Okay. Uh, and then also downtown Lucette Grace, which is a bakery slash sweet shop. Um, but they also have some savory items. Should definitely be on the list. So far, I've given your listeners about a five days worth of food. So <laughs> yeah, hopefully they can fit it in like I, like I do when I go to Nashville. <laughs> yeah. When we talk about your app later on, we'll, we'll definitely yeah. be easier for people to, to keep track of them all. Exactly. So say we're going out for dinner, we had a great time, and then it's, uh, you know, you got a little sweet tooth that you want to you satisfy. Where would you go for like, you know, after dinner dessert or ice cream, something like that? So there's uh, Two Roosters uh, is a great local ice cream place that makes all their own ice cream and really unique flavors, partners with some chefs on, on some items. Uh, and you'll see a lot of that where, where the food scene is really integrated, where one person's doing something and they collaborate on, on something else, you know, in, in nearly all the restaurants I just mentioned. And then the other dessert players, Bittersweet, which is right downtown that has some desserts. And it's kind of a coffee slash uh, wine bar slash bar. It's a nice little spot, particularly for couples. And then Videri Chocolate, it's a chocolate maker, which is also not to be missed with the kids. But there's a little, you can see the chocolate being made. They have a little factory tour in the back. And then up front, there's a coffee shop and then a, a full chocolate bar. Nice. I mean, my wife's going to love that because she loves coffee, loves chocolate. Oh, yeah. Perfect opportunity for us to have a little date night when we come visit. That would be fantastic. You know, Steve, I really appreciate you sharing all these tips and tricks. We're going to have all this and more in the show notes, but now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal in Raleigh, where should they go and what should they eat? I think they go to Crawford and Son, and I think they eat one of the vegetables. I mean, it's just that good because I feel like there's a lot you can do in any other city, but the unique talent and taste that you're getting there is worth the one stop. Yeah, my wife is all about the veggies, so I kind of uh, focus on on the meats, but she's all about the veggies, so she's going to love it. Trust me, as a meat eater, you will still in- enjoy it, and then, of course, there's other meat items to get to satisfy you, but that, that to me would be the one dish to try. Absolutely. Okay, so you lived there for a long time in Raleigh. What's one of your most memorable stories of being there? It's a tough one because I probably have so many, but I, I actually have an affinity for Poland Park that I mentioned. Uh, when the city renovated it, 
I guess about eight years ago. The park was in disrepair and a lot of the food there was kind of generic concession stand food. And I partnered, me and a couple other, a couple chefs partnered and redid the concession there and we call it Pull in Place. It was pretty special to bring a local feel to this kind of average concession stands, begin to bring in a lot of scratch made food and really see it resonate because this is a, a park where that carousel ride and some of the kids rides I mentioned are, are a dollar, you know, so it's meant to be accessible. And so it brings a wide variety of uh, and diversity to the park. And so to be able to offer, you know, kind of an elevated concession stand food at reasonable prices, you know, is something that I cherish and the experience involved with it and, and kind of partnering with the city and, and all that was, was really something special that I always, uh, you know, kind of hold on to. Now that's really great that you're able to do that because you know, so many times amazing food is kind of only available to, you know, if you have a little bit more money in your budget. Right. You know, and so by being able to bring that a little bit more downscale on the budget side uh, is a great thing. Kind of speaking of uh, warm and fuzzies and everything like that, where's the happiest happy hour in Raleigh? Uh, I would say Dram and Draft. It's a bar and, and I'm spelling Draft, D-R-A-U-G-H-T. That's how they spell it. And it is just a, a great fun bar. Uh, they actually had, a, it was in a historic gas station. Unfortunately, uh, they had a move, but they moved around the block and it, it has a similar feel uh, they were able to recreate and uh, just phenomenal cocktail selection, good beer list, not pretentious, you know, good crowd, lots of fun. That sounds like my kind of place. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I always do whenever I travel is I always look for like the best pizza in town. Where's the best pepperoni pizza in, in Raleigh? Uh, hands down, Oakwood Pizza Box. I actually had it last night, <laughs> so it's fresh in my mind. Uh, so the, the owner from New York originally is super passionate about pizza and still, you know, is there every day, is making the dough. It's pretty special. Is it more of like the New York style thin slices? Yeah, what I would say is New York style, sometimes the crust isn't as crispy, so it's a New York style, but it has a little bit of that Neapolitan essence where it's, it has a little bite to that crust. It's fantastic. Now it's not a wood burning oven, it's a classic New York pizza oven, but he, he gets the most out of it, it's great. With all your travels of, of eating all these great foods all over the world, what's your best travel tip? Well, besides to use curry, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second, <laughs> you know, I'd say that, you know, to eat local, you know, to me, it's seek out those unique places and particularly that first night. And then obviously we'll talk about the app and I think it's great, but also, you know, when you find that great local bar, you know, talk to the bartender, get some tips there, fill in your knowledge. So that that's typically how I approach a city. And I, and I think that that's the best place to start. I mean, that's the whole reason why I started this podcast is having those kind of like unique one-on-one -on -one conversations with locals that maybe other people that are listening don't have a chance to do that. Maybe they're not comfortable with it, whatever, but at least this way they can, they can kind of eavesdrop in that personal conversation that we're having. Yeah, I think it's great. And then, you know, and I think also check out the music, see what's going on and try to plan your trip around it if you can. And if you can't, you know, try something different. You know, the, the worst is you spend a few bucks and you walk out and, you know, go grab a beer somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, Steve, I really appreciate you being on the show and sharing everything about Raleigh. Can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, how they can find you online and um, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, so I am the founder of Curate, which is a restaurant finding app. So the idea behind Curate is to find uh, local restaurants. And what we do is we kind of use a Spotify approach where you can make a list, 
share that list out to your friends or you know publicly available. And then within the app, we have what we call curators, which are chefs and other industry talent that have their list. And so you can readily see them, see where they like to eat. So if you're going to Nashville, for example, you can see where Margo from you know Margo's or you know any of the, the great chefs that are out there, uh, you can see their list and, and where they're eating. So it's, it, it kind of does what your show does kind of in the moment, and it gives you that immediate access to, to great food. Uh, you can find us, that app, uh, or on our website is curateapp.com, which is downloadable in both in uh, iOS and, and Android. And we have uh, some picture features where you can take pictures and upload them and all that. And then you can find me at SB Mangano on Instagram and at Curate App on Instagram. I mean, you know, everybody kind of watches like the food porn and everything like that with some of the people that uh, they follow on Instagram. But I can imagine that your photos of the food that you eat is just phenomenal. Yeah, I think Curate particularly, we, we pay a lot of attention to sort of directing folks where to go, but also giving them great visual images. We start to focus on the Southeast, but we're expanding nationally. So yeah, if you go to CurateApp.com, it's, it's well worth kind of following us and then obviously uh, downloading it. And there's a lot of great picks within the app itself. You know, our whole approach is to be positive. You know, we, we're sort of the, we've been described as the anti-Yelp. And, you know, the idea is that you're, we're helping you find local things. Uh, we only have independent restaurants. And there's no ratings or reviews. It's really about sharing the list and sharing your favorite places. Nice. Well, we really appreciate you being on the show. We're going to have links to everything in the show notes. Everybody's listening. If you weren't hungry before, as soon as you watch (laughs) Steve's Instagram account and go into that Curate app, you're going to be hungry afterwards. Absolutely. Big thanks to Steve for coming onto the show and sharing his awesome tips for Raleigh, North Carolina. Show him some love by visiting his site, cureeatapp.com, and downloading his app for your mobile device. Then follow Steve on Instagram at cureeatapp to see all the incredibly delicious food and drinks he enjoys from around the country. Send me a tweet at WeTravelThere to share your favorite thing about Raleigh, North Carolina. All the links we talked about today can be found on wetravelthere.com forward slash Raleigh. We want to say thank you to Nectar Sleep for being an affiliate sponsor of today's episode. Hotel beds can be amazing, but nothing beats sleeping in your own bed especially when it's from Nectar Sleep. Try their 365-night trial and forever warranty to see if their bed is right for you. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Nectar for the latest offers and promotions. For questions about an upcoming vacation, visit the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook for the best trips from travelers like you and me. Join us next time as we head to the Caribbean island of Curacao with Jocelyn Pearson. We talk about swimming with turtles, snorkeling into the Blue Room Cave, and how the island avoids hurricanes. You'll be join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. <music>